0: Chapter Twenty Four of Max by Catherine Cecil Thurston. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Simon Evers. Chapter Twenty Four. It came sharply as the crash of a breaking vessel might come to the ear. This ring of reality in Blake's voice, abruptly, unpleasantly, Max came back to the world and the consequences of his act. Impressions and instincts spring to the artist's mind. In a moment he was armoured for self-preservation, so straitly armoured that every sentiment, even the vague stirring jealousy of himself that had been given sudden birth, was overridden and cast into the dark. With the old hauteur, the old touch of imperiousness, he returned Blake's glance. "'Mon ami,' he said gravely, "'what you desire is impossible.' Only a moment had intervened between Blake's declaration and his reply, but it seemed to him that the universe had reeled and steadied again in that brief interval. "'And why impossible?' Again it was the atmosphere of their first meeting. The boy hedged behind his pride, the man calmly breaking away through that hedge. Max shrugged. "'The word is final. It explains itself.' With a conciliatory affectionate movement— Blake's hand slipped from his shoulder to his arm. "'Don't be absurd, boy,' he said gently. "'Nothing on God's earth is impossible. "'Impossibility is a word coined by weak people behind which to shelter. "'Why may I not know your sister?' "'Max drew away his arm, not ostentatiously, but with definite purpose. "'Can you not understand without explanation, you who comprehend so well?' "'Frankly, I cannot. "'My sister is in Paris secretly. "'She would think it very ill of me to discuss her affairs.' "'Blake looked quickly into the cold face. "'I wonder if she would, boy,' he said. "'I think I'll go and see.' "'With perfect seriousness, he stepped back into the studio, "'struck a match, lighted a candle, "'and walked deliberately to the easel, while Max, upon the balcony, held his breath in astonishment. For long he stood before the portrait, then at last he spoke, and his words were as unexpected as his action had been. "'She loves you, boy?' he asked. "'Loves me? Oh, of course!' Max was startled into the reply. "'Then twill be all right.' With a touch of finality he blew out his candle and came back to the balcony it'll be all right or i'm no judge of human nature that woman could be as proud as lucifer where she disliked or despised but she would be all toleration all generosity where her love was touched tell her i'm your friend and believe me she'll ask no other passport to her favour max standing in the darkness eager of glance quick of thought acutely attentive to every tone of blake's voice Suddenly became cognizant of his demon of jealousy, felt its subtle stirring in his heart, its swift spring from heart to throat. A wave of blood surged to his face and receded, leaving him pale and trembling, but with the intense self possession sometimes born of such moments. He stepped into the studio and relighted the candle Blake had blown out. Why are you so anxious to know my sister? His voice was measured. It gave no suggestion either of pleasure or of pain. Blake, unsuspicious, eager for his own affairs, followed him into the room. "'I can't define the desire,' he said. "'I feel that I would find something wonderful behind that face. I feel that—' He paused and laughed a little. "'That uh, somehow I should find you transfigured and idealised and grown up.' "'It is—' The suggestion of me that intrigues you? I suppose it is, in a subtle way. He glanced up to accentuate his words, but surprise seized him at the sight of the boy's white, passionate face. Why, Max, boy, what's the matter? Max made a quick gesture, sweeping the words aside. I'm not sufficient to you? Blake stared. I don't understand. "'Yet I speak your own tongue. I say, I am not sufficient to you. "'I have given you my friendship, my heart and my mind, but I am not sufficient to you. "'Something more is required, something else, something different.' "'Something more, something different?' "'Yes, in this world it is always the outward seeming. "'I may have as much personality as my sister Maxine. I may be as interesting, "'but you do not inquire. Why? Why? Because I am a boy, she a woman.' Blake, uncertain how to answer this cataract of words, took refuge in banter. "'Don't be fantastical,' he said. "'We are not holding a debate on sex. "'If we are to be normal, we must declare that man and woman don't compare.' "'Now you are gambling with words. "'I desire facts. "'It is a fact that until today I was enough, friend enough, companion enough.' "'My child!' but max rushed on lashing himself to rage i was enough but now you deserve more and why why not because you discern more in the new personality but because it appeals to you as the personality of a woman there is nothing deeper nothing more in the affair no other reason as you yourself would say upon god's earth he ended abruptly his arms fell to his sides his voice held in it a sound perilously like a sob blake looked at him in surprise My good boy," he said, "you are forgetting the terms of our friendship. To my knowledge, they never included hysterics." The tonic effect of the words was supreme. The sob was strangled in Mac's throat. A short, pained certainty came to him that Blake would not have spoken these words in the plantation that morning; would not have spoken them as they raced together up the Escalier de Saint Marie. I understand, mon ami. "'he said tensely. "'I understand so perfectly that were you dying, "'and were this request your last, I would refuse it. "'I hope I have explained myself.' "'The tone was bitter and contemptuous. "'It succeeded in stinging Blake. "'Up to that moment he had played with the affair. "'Now the play became earnest. "'His own temper was stirred. "'Thanks, boy,' he said. "'But when I'm dying, I'll hope for an archangel to attend to my wants, "'not a little cherub. "'Good-night to you.' without look or gesture of farewell, he picked up his hat and walked out of the room. Once before this thing had happened, once before Max had heard the closing of the door, and known the blank isolation following upon it. But then weeks of close companionship, weeks of growing affection, had preceded the moment, giving strength for its endurance. Night came hot upon a long abstinence from friendship, an abstinence made doubly poignant by one day's complete reunion. For a moment he stood, pride upon his right hand, love upon his left. For a moment he stood waging his secret war. Then, with amazing suddenness, the issue was decided. He capitulated shamelessly. Pride melted into the night, and love caught him in a quick embrace. Lithe and silent as some creature of the forest, he was across the studio and down the stairs, his mind tense, his desires fixed upon one point. Blake was crossing the dim hallway as the light feet skimmed the last slippery steps. He paused in answer to a swift, eager call. Ned! Ned! Wait! Ned! I want you! Blake paused. In the dim light it was not possible to read his face, but something in the outline of his figure, in the rigidity and definiteness of his stopping, chilled the boy with a sense of antagonism. Ned! Ned! He ran to him. "'caught and clung to his arm, "'put forth all his wiles. "'Ned, you are angry. "'Why are you angry?' "'I am not angry. "'I am disappointed.' "'Some strange wall of coldness, "'at once intangible and impenetrable, "'had risen about Blake. "'In fear the boy beat vain hands against it. "'You are disappointed, Ned. "'In me?' "'I am.' "'Why? Why?' Because you behave like a little fool. In themselves, the words were nothing, but Blake's tone was serious. And because of that, you are disappointed? Max's voice undeniably shook, and the fates, peering into the dark hallway, smiled as they pushed the little human comedy nearer the tragic verge. I am, answered Blake with cruel deliberateness. I thought until tonight that you were a reasonable being. A bit elusive, perhaps. A bit wayward and tantalising. But still a reasonable being. Now? Now? Suddenly Max had a sensation of being very small, very insignificant. Suddenly he had an impression of Blake as a denizen of a wider world, where other emotions and laughter and comradeship held place. And his heart trembled unreasonably. Oh, mon cher! he's cried. Forgive me! Forgive me! Say I am still your boy! Say it! Say it! Truth lent passion to his voice. False passion, Blake esteemed it, and the cold imaginary wall became more impregnable. That'll do, Max. Heroics are no more attractive to me than hysterics. Good night to you. He freed his arm and turned to the door. In the darkness Max threw out both hands in despairing appeal. "'Ned! Oh, Ned!' he called. But only the sound of Blake's retreating steps responded. And here was no merciful intervention of gods and mortals, to make good the evil hour. No pretty, tactful Jacqueline, no Monsieur Cartel with his magic fiddle. Only the dim hall, the lonely stairway, the open door with its vision of cold, pale stars and whispering trees. His misery was a tangible thing. Like a lost child, obsessed by its own fears, he bent under the weight of his sorrow. He sank down upon the lowest step of the stairs, and resting his head against the banister, broke into pitiful, silent tears. End of chapter 24